Welcome all the Brodies and Brodettes of the world out there. We are at Season 3, Episode 12 of Brody Sports Talk. I am your humble host, Caleb Walgren, and I am joined by my fellow Brodies, the infamous Arsenal superfan, Sean Morgan. That's me. And the new co-host that you should know by now, because it's been a lot of episodes, Derek Rusnick. Caleb's dulcet tones always make me put me in a better mood. So thank you, Caleb, for being the person who talks. Today, as we continue our season previews, we are talking about a Washington football team. No, I mean the Washington football team. It's not a Washington football team. To be clear, we're talking about the team that plays in Washington, D.C. for the NFL. If you're looking for a Washington Huskies preview, feel free to listen to the episode anyway. But that is not what we are here for. And uh, the team that is not going to be called the Warriors in recent news. So go ahead, sit back, enjoy hearing about the team that is somewhat going to get a name next year. Maybe. (laughs) No, they said that they are going to give them a name. We don't know what that name is at all. Just not the Warriors. Thanks for that update, Jason Wright. So let's go ahead and get started with a great place to start. Washington, of course, did win the division last year. Sean, Tell us where the weakness is of the Washington football team. So I hated the fact that they won the division last year because it felt weird, right? It, it wasn't definitely wasn't expected. And especially with all the turmoil that went into the early part of their season, uh, the inconsistencies at quarterback, um, the dead varying stories, right? And I think one of the easiest weaknesses to point out um, would be the quarterback position because, I mean... Uh, likely their starter isn't somebody that was on the roster last season in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we don't really know how that's going to go, but that is actually not what I think the weakness of the team is. I'm actually going to go with the running game. So Gibson Barber and McKissick were all incredibly inconsistent at best. Now Gibson in his rookie year, he only broke the 100 yard mark twice. And that happened against Dallas both times in games that Dallas, you know, again, we on a, a couple episodes back when we did our Dallas preview, we talked about how bad defensively they were. So basically, he only really shined against statistically one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And he has proven not to be a consistent threat receiving out of the backfield, which I feel like is something that, uh, Unless you are a big, like, bruising running back, you need to be able to at least be somewhat of a threat. And he really kind of wasn't. Uh, Now, with their quarterback situation kind of really being up in the air, I really feel, sadly enough, that Fitzpatrick almost went back into a similar situation that he was in before, where he ended up being the Dolphins' leading running back or leading rusher. Um you know, old, old Harvard man, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I think that in order for Washington to really succeed this season, it's going to be on the back of their uh, expected to be incredibly dominant defense. 
But I feel like there are enough big question marks offensively that they're going to have to answer. And I actually feel like they're not going to be able to answer them because they are not going to get consistent performances running the football to balance that offense. Uh, Do you guys agree? Or do you think that maybe the quarterback position just edges it out? Or do you have something totally different? That's an interesting one. I definitely think that I still would love to see a little bit more experience in the pass catching core. I think because I do tend to like the offensive line, uh, the old hogs there for the Washington football team. I trust the running game a little bit more. Antonio Gibson, of course, primarily didn't really play a ton of running back in college. So he was transitioning last year. And I do feel like as he continued, he started to look better and better. Let's face it. If you want to do well this year, you want to be able to control the ball. And if that's where we're starting with the weakness of the team, it is probably not going to be a fun team preview episode for fans of the uh, nameless football team. Derek, did you have a different position you were looking at, or? Yeah, we're all and we're all talking about the same thing, which for me is the offensive line at the right tackle position. They released uh, a veteran in Morgan Moses. Um, they have a Cornelius Lucas there, and but they, they did draft Samuel Cosme um, with a new quarterback that we'll probably talk about later on in this episode. Um, you're going to want to keep that line in, uh, keep him upright. And so, you know, for me, offensive line is always the most important position. And with uh, new players coming into that, someone who who hasn't played a position before or someone who just got drafted, um, you know, that might be something that I would look at. That's just me. So let's go ahead and jump over, grab your calendars, because it's time to find a date to circle. We're going to circle your calendar for the Washington football team. And oddly enough, I thought about going like Derek did last week and going late in the season because somehow the football team is closing with five straight divisional games. Uh, They only have one earlier in the season, which is on a Thursday night in week two. So Thanks, NFL schedule makers, for completely backloading the heck out of the football team schedule with divisional opponents. So I wanted to go outside of the division because I didn't want to quite wait that far. And I'm going to go ahead and circle a team between the football team, who I feel like we don't know enough about, and a team that was also a division winner last year that's going through some changes. I am talking about the October 10th matchup when the Saints come marching in to Washington, D.C. And it's just going to be an interesting game. Uh, I want to circle it because I feel like this is also a little bit of a must-win game for the football team. They don't have an easy start to their schedule. They get to host the Chargers, play the Giants on a short week, go to Buffalo, who we all know is good, go to Atlanta, who I think is a team that we've said has rebounded, and then they get to host New Orleans. They need to be 3-2 and two after that New Orleans game or better if they're thinking that this is going to be a good season for them. Because after that, they play the Chiefs and the Packers. And I will tell you, 
I don't expect either of those two games to be kind to the football team. Uh, it's a little bit of a ridiculous schedule for the start of the season, but I felt like that Saints game was one that I could say, I at least feel like there's a lot more question marks about the Saints than there is for the football team. So circle that in as a probable W on your calendar. Uh, Derek, am I am I right in calling that a W, or do you think that I'm a little bit off base and should have gone somewhere else? I, I, I like to pick. I, I will circle it on my calendar to watch that week. Uh, for me, it was a little bit of a different one. Um, so um, November 14, 2021, um, the week after their bye week. Um, so they go on uh, on Halloween, they go to the Broncos. And then the week after that, they have a bye week. And then on November 14th, the Buckaroos come around to Washington. It's a home game for the football team. And uh, this game, to me, is whether or not the football team is going to have um, our contenders or pretenders starts off the second half of their season to march toward the playoffs. And if they can be the ones that uh, get to Tom Brady, if they can be the ones that can show um, their strength and their weaknesses uh, in that game, um, preparing for an opponent like the, like uh, the Buccaneers, I think that should, that that is the one where it could be a fulcrum game for me where their season goes up or their season goes down. Sean, do you have a different game you were looking at there for Washington? I mean, I think for me, uh, and this is more of just a, of course, a, a storyline than it is anything else. Uh, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for everybody. He's played against everybody. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to potentially see, um, the game against the bills Mm -hmm. because I think that's a trap game for the bills and one that if, you know, this Washington defense can establish itself very early in the season and get a marquee win on the road off of the back of a, you know, a dominant defensive performance uh, that may give them a lot of momentum and carry them through, you know, different stretches of the season might allow them to get some wins that they otherwise aren't expecting. So that to me is a, a very uh, intriguing game to watch. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and let's go over to Derek. Derek, who is your new player to watch on the good old Washington football team. I am going to go the player that we have talked about three different times already on this podcast. Um, because I have two. Uh, first and foremost, let's get him out of the way. Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, the rental quarterback of all rental quarterbacks. Um, he's not ever been established at any particular place as the quarterback of the future. Um, very smart man, got his money, uh, but he's on a one-year deal with the football team um, until they figure out who is going to be their quarterback of the future, whether that's uh, Heineke, 
or um, someone they draft. But for me, it's Jamin Davis. Jermaine Davis, uh, the new linebacker that uh, they definitely need uh, their linebacker core cinched up and shored up with the running backs they have in the division. Um, Zeke is there if Saquon comes back. Um, and there's a guy named Miles Sanders out of the Eagles that might be a good running back once in a while. Um, so you know, if you can even twice in a while, do what I said, or even twice in a while, twice in a while. Yeah. If, uh, if you can show up that linebacker position and, you know, I believe in Ron Rivera, I think he's a good coach. Um, you know, if he likes him, I think that was a good pickup when it came to, um, the team. And if you can stop the run, uh, that defense can do a lot of good, uh, versus quarterbacks. Sean, do you have someone else that we should be watching for the Washington football team? I mean, uh, you you mentioned that we mentioned it a few times when I was the one who I think mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick like uh, a couple of dozens of times. But I really feel as though that is the the big the big player to watch out for. Because there's always a, you know, the, the old adage is, you know, for all the Fitz magic you see, you know, it's inevitably followed by some Fitz tragic. Yeah. And with all of the uncertainty and unrest that Washington had at the quarterback position last year, uh, you know, whether or not if, if Fitzpatrick starts to struggle, does Heineke get the nod? Do they try Kyle Allen again? what do they do right there's it's a really weird kind of fallback plan and i think a lot is riding on fitzpatrick to be as reasonably consistent as he can be and you have to say that this has to be his last hurrah because it's getting to the point where as a journeyman you know people know what he's capable of what he's going to bring to the table and how long he generally lasts as QB1. So if he can go the stretch, like the full stretch of the season, or at least the majority of it, then I think that Washington is doing well. I think that, you know, it's going to be a lot harder for them to drop him in the same way that, say, the Dolphins did, where they had somebody you know, that they wanted to bring through. And, you know, Fitzpatrick was basically the caretaker. At this point, Fitzpatrick is a little more than the caretaker. So it's a little bit scarier of a situation. Yeah, it's definitely got to be Fitzpatrick just because of the urgency of the position and the fact that it does feel a little bit like Fitzpatrick is more of a lock than the Haskins Allen Smith combination they threw out at quarterback this past year. Uh, Fitzpatrick somehow is somewhat of a fine wine of a quarterback where I feel like he's gotten better late in his career than he was early in his career. Probably also, you know, having just the, the full bearded mustache helps him with that uh, pro pro beards and mustaches. If you don't know that, but you know, that's okay. 
and but I think I think it's definitely got to be Fitzpatrick. No one else is that dynamic of a new addition. No offense to Jameen Davis. I think that it's he could be good for that defense as well. Uh, let's go ahead and go over to award consideration. Now, there are several awards that I think could come into play. I do think if I were to say Chase Young for Defensive Player of the Year, that's a little bit of too far, too fast, too soon for a player that was very dynamic when we saw him on the field this past season. So while I would somewhat you know, tease that one, I'm really going to go with the Assistant Coach of the Year, and I'm going to say that Jack Del Rio is who I would put as a key candidate in that market. Uh, We all think about the defense and talk about how Ron Rivera made that defense look significantly better this past year. Well, it sure helps when you have a former head coach who really knows what he's doing on that side of the ball and Jack Del Rio also on staff. Uh, I think that in general, when I look at the football team and I double-checked last year's stats, they were fourth as far as points allowed. And that was frequently with short fields or Haskins throwing pick sixes or, you know, there were some really ugly games out there early in the year. And they still somehow were up there in terms of one of the better defenses. They were like up near the Steelers and Ravens. Del Rio deserves a ton of credit for that. And I don't know that anyone really gives him the respect that he deserves in that category or conversation, especially because frequently that award has been going to more offensive minded, like offensive coordinators. So uh, the last time I went to a defensive coordinator was uh, Vic Fangio in 2018. Uh, Derek, would you have anything you want to add about uh, Vic Fangio or Jack Del Rio? Grumble, grumble, grumble. Fair. Sean, anything you want to add? Um, I mean, I think that when you talk about Jack Del Rio, you have to talk about some of the baggage that he carries uh, in an era where transparency i think is more prevalent uh he's somebody that has to has found his foot in his mouth much more often than you would like out of a coordinator so the great thing about rivera is he's a very level-headed guy for the most part and he's a very well-respected guy so he should be able to temper del rio to a certain extent. Uh, but there's always that risk that some sort of story comes out and that could also negatively impact, uh, you know, how the football teams looked at or potentially some, you know, on field performances because of off the field issues. That's absolutely true. I mean, anytime you're on a team that's owned by Dan Snyder and uh, also his wife, Jill Snyder, their co-CEOs now, I think I have that name right. If I don't, you just tell us on Twitter. Oh, no. I, and let's go ahead and get to the over-under. Currently, our friends over at DraftKings, we're such good friends. Uh, they have the Washington football team penciled in 
for eight wins. So if we're going to go with the over, I also need to know if you're giving them a playoff spot. I'm going to start by passing this to Derek. Under. Uh, for me, I do not think they get to eight wins. I think that they um, barely miss. Um, I think they are closer to seven, maybe six. Um, I do not trust a 39-year-old quarterback in a quarterback-driven league. And the defense can take them a long way, but pretty soon that defense is going to break. So, you know, listeners, I know that you've, you've listened to all the previous, the other three episodes that we've talked about. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to shoot it out this year for who's going to win the division, who's going to win the playoff spot out of that division. Um, I think the Washington football team is the third team in the uh, in the division, and I think that they will miss the playoffs. Sean, Spicy. are you agreeing, or are you hyping the football team a little bit more? No, I'm I'm actually in agreement here. I think that what happened last year with Washington was kind of a perfect storm of just the right circumstances. This is a Giants, you know, team that overperformed and almost made the playoffs but didn't. This is a Cowboys team that lost a lot of key starters offensively and struggled immensely defensively and couldn't get over the hump. And this is an Eagles team that basically got rid of their head coach, got rid of their starting quarterback, and, you know, were in a death spiral after the bye week. It was everything that Washington needed to be just a, enough above average to take the division. I don't think circumstances align for them heading into this year. And I think Derek hit the nail on the head and that that quarterback situation is too volatile. And I want to go back to when I talked about how I am not impressed with their running back core. I think that is going to be a very uh, poorly balanced offense that is going to struggle to move the football against good teams. Again, they're probably going to take an unexpected game or two, potentially even three, off of, you know, I, I honestly think they end up like beating the Bills. But I think that it's, again, it's going to be fewer and farther between that we see those performances in comparison to last season. You call my stuff spicy. I'm calling your stuff spicy for thinking about they're going to beat the Bills. And still only have seven wins. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go ahead and be the outlier. I'm going to go ahead and say that they go over eight wins. I do think that they're going to go nine and eight. And in the NFC where mediocrity apparently shines, I'm going to give them a wild card berth for that. I do think that in general, their offense was so limited last year. I think Fitzpatrick Heineke is a way better two-quarterback system than Haskins, Allen, Smith was. I mean, Smith struggled to move, and I feel like that's putting it quite nicely. Um, I think that Fitzpatrick may make some mistakes, but I think that the defense is going to bail him out of some of those mistakes. And I don't want to 
forget too quickly that when the Dolphins did end up benching him last year, we were all kind of sitting there going, the Dolphins look like a playoff team because they have a solid defense. Literally almost no one on offense. And Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Why are they benching him and putting Tua in? Washington's not in the same situation where they have, you know, (coughs) possibly a top three pick coming from the Houston Texans coming next year. Bill O'Brien didn't make that trade. So (laughs) it's one of those things where I think Fitzpatrick is going to be more of a long-term starter. And I think that they are going to end up going over that eight win threshold. Wow. Every word that you just said is so incredibly wrong. Nah, I I can see again. And I think that for maybe I'm speaking, you know, out of turn for Derek, but I, I think for the both of us, that if we do see a Ryan Fitzpatrick that's consistent enough, that this is a team that can get wins on the back of their defense. They just need the offense to do just enough. And there are instances, especially in the NFC, where just enough gets the job done against teams who aren't really prepared to deal with it. But I feel like this is the NFC East that we're talking about. There. There's no way that Washington can do well enough to to warrant anything. That's not how the NFC East works. You have to have the unexpected dweller, the basement dweller. And fancy that being Washington. That'd be crazy, right? I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be the Giants. But I think it's going to be reasonably close, closer than people think. I mean, the Giants were the only team I have going under. So, yes, I do see the Giants in the basement. Sorry, Giants fans. If there was ever a person who believes in taking an older, uh, over the hill, uh, over his talent uh, quarterback and bringing him to a team and uh, winning a Super Bowl with defense, it's going to be the Broncos. Uh, So my team took Peyton Manning, carried him to a Super Bowl win. If there's ever if there's ever a someone who believes the the that defense can win a championship, it's me. But I don't think that I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick makes too many mistakes and he throws too many interceptions for that type of team to win. I guess Scott Turner may also be up for <laughs> assistant coach of the year if he can uh limit Fitzpatrick's mistakes on offense. We'll have to see. Uh, That's the beauty of recording things in July when we have zero games played. So, friends, all my Brodies out there, I do want to thank you for listening to the 12th episode of Season 3. Definitely check out our merch and find all the podcast platforms that you can think of that you might want to support. Subscribe to us too in our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk. That is also our Twitter handle, Brody Talk. So if you want to interact with us there, we love talking football and talking a little bit of everything. Uh, It's a little bit fun. It's a lot fun. What can I say? I, every time you say friends. I know. I need you. I need this. Okay, I need you to continue 
the speech. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them, the good is often turned with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. Sean said he was going to do that at some point. So if nothing else, I somewhat threw that in there knowing that Sean might do that. So welcome to Brody Sports Talk where we do our own things. It may be dad jokes. It may be Sean quoting Julius Caesar. It's awesome. It's a great time. I am 100%. The next time you give me an episode to close, this is what the, who, the listeners get ready. You are getting the Mark Antony speech from Julius Caesar, guaranteed, in its entirety. Prepare yourself. All right. Well, before we uh, belabor the point too long here, my name is Caleb Walgren. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brody Sports Talk, and we are signing off. You have a great one. Bye. Later. Parting is such sweet sorrow.